If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Fran Griffin. Fran's been with us earlier on episode 189. So if you'd like to go back there, have a bit of a listen to that um, if you haven't heard it before you come back to this one. And her subject today is 10 tips for working with fear around horses. Now, just something from Fran's previous episode that I'd like to talk about. She said in that episode, if you love what you're doing, you're never going to work a day in your life. And I think she carries this through to all the work with horses. How are you today, Fran? I'm well, thank you, Glennis. Good. Fran, looking forward to talking to you about the 10 tips for working with fear around horses. Now, what's the first tip for us? Okay, the first one is just to acknowledge um, your own strengths and your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Before we have a ride or before we go out to the horses or really in everyday life, just taking stock of of what you already know, what you've already done, um, what are your strengths and and where you're coming from, and what sort of accomplishments have you had in the past. Because as we start to get fearful around horses or fearful of success or, or even fearful of failing, we start to worry about just that, and we don't acknowledge what we've done beforehand. So being able to acknowledge what you've done before, your strengths and things you have accomplished in your past, and even something as simple as last week, something that you accomplished last week, um, can really set you up to as a sounding board before you before you go out to your horse because we tend to forget all the good things and only focus on um, what's not going our way. Yeah, yeah. So you're really coming in with a positive mindset, aren't you? So, That's so right. Yeah, and you as the coach are instilling that. If they do come in and they're a bit fearful, a bit negative, and they think everything's going to go wrong, you're setting them up to win before you even go anywhere near the horse. That's right, and it can be even really useful to sit down just for a moment and play a positive video in your mind, mm-hmm. something, um, a good ride, or something that you've already felt good about and just play that in your mind yep. before you before you even start. Yep, yep. So even just that positive visualisation, that's great. Yeah. Okay, Fran, what's the next one that you've got for us? So the next tip I would give you is um, when you do feel that fear um, is to acknowledge it mm-hmm. because there is sometimes the advice of um, to push that fear down, to to say it's not happening, to try to ignore it. And this doesn't serve us well, so you need to acknowledge the fear. I like to ask riders where they're feeling it, where they feel the fear. Um, Sometimes it will be in their stomach, in their chest, in their throat. Uh, Some riders will um, experience shortness of breath. Um, Others will be tingling. Uh, There's lots of places that that fear turns up and just acknowledging it in that first moment 
and saying, yes, I, I am feeling something and I'm feeling fear. Uh, that's a great step um, before we get into what we're going to do about the fear is just to take that moment of going, yep, I can feel fear coming up yeah. and um, this is how it feels. And, and sometimes that's safety around horses too, isn't it? You know, like you can feel fear, particularly around horses that are unsuitable. And if you can at least acknowledge it and not try and cover it up, then the problem can be, I suppose, it's sort of the next step, you know, identified. But first of all, you've got to actually acknowledge that there is a bit of fear there. Yes, and sometimes fear is totally warranted. Um, Mm. Horses are dangerous animals at times and they're big animals and they can be unpredictable. So fear is there to keep us safe. So acknowledging it and understanding it is is what we need to do rather than trying to ignore it or um, cover it up. Yep, yep. Okay, so once we've got that, that we've actually acknowledged the fear, so we're starting off with a positive mindset, acknowledging our strength in accomplishments, then we're going to acknowledge the fear. What's the next one then? The next thing to do is to determine the source of the fear. Um, And that can be, is it something from the past? Is it something in the present or perhaps the future? And I find with horse riders that they often project to the future possibly coming from a past experience. So when my horse went past this particular part of the arena last time, last week, he shied. So there's the past experience, but they project to the future that it it may happen again. So they get fearful about what might happen Mm -hmm. um, and what has happened. So determining where this fear is coming from, is it something that's um, right now, I mean, is the horse, doing something that's scary or is it a fear that's really living in the past or living in the future so just determining where that source of fear is coming from is it in this moment yep yep okay because sometimes if someone's had a problem in the past and they keep thinking about it again and again and again they're really bringing it into their future aren't they that's right they bring it to the present and even project forward to um this uh, what if, what if this happens? So mm-hmm. we call it the what if. Um, what if the tiger comes around the corner and scares my horse? <laughs> or yeah. what if um, he he bucks today? Or yeah. So the fear can come from, from a worry about what's going to happen. Yep, yep. Okay, the next tip. So we've got the first three. So the next one, number four. The next one is once we've decided where this fear is coming from and maybe talk that through a little bit, we, we have to work out in this moment, is it appropriate right now? Now, what I mean by that is sometimes it is. Sometimes it is in the present moment. The horse is getting tense, it's getting tight, and we're starting to feel danger looming, and it is something that's going to happen right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Other times it's something that um, we think might happen or... Uh, like we were saying before, something that has happened before. So it's determining right in that moment, is it happening now? And just getting that sorted out in that moment. Yes, yes. So someone who's had a fall last week, last month, last year, who's got that fear that it's going to happen, and there might be a whole lot of situations that have changed. They might have had a fall on a previous horse, you know, bad weather, previous situation, the horse might have been fresh, you know, and this time 
you're saying, is it appropriate right now? Your horse is standing there. He's an absolute angel. He's not doing anything at all. Is that fear appropriate right now? Yeah. 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 All right. So once we've established that, what's the next tip? The next um, step to take is is to make a decision. Yep. Um, And that decision is is a decision of can I work with this now? So we've looked at the fear. We've acknowledged it. We've talked about where it's coming from. Is it appropriate now? Is it is it in the in the moment? And what we're going to do? Are we we make a decision with whether we're going to work with it or not. And I think you talked about that a little bit earlier. Sometimes we do need to make a decision to um, not work with it if it's not appropriate. If the horse is really losing it, or we're not matched well to the horse. It's no use working through that with that horse in that moment if we can't work through with it. And there are times when we can't Mm -hmm. and we don't need to push that. So it's making a decision right now. It's going to be a yes or no decision is am I going to work with it or am I going to do something else? And we'll talk about what the something else is um, in our next step. Okay, and I think that's where you need the experienced person, isn't it? You know, you need someone there to help you that's experienced around horses, experienced around working with people who aren't very confident. So you don't want a gung-ho experienced horseman that's just going to say just get on and kick them and keep going forward if it's something that can't be worked with right now. So this is probably about the time where you just can't do it all yourself. You've got to have someone who's experienced who can help you through this process, probably right from the start, but even the further you go through, the further it has to be that you need someone there to just help you and guide you a little bit. Yes, mm, yes. Mm. And I, I love that slogan of Nike of just do it, yep. but I don't agree with it 100% yeah. <laughs> because sometimes there are times when it just do it isn't the appropriate response. Yep, yep. So my sixth step is if the answer is no to that question, can I work with it right now, um, what do you do? What do you do in that moment? Yep. So I tell people to celebrate, celebrate that they made a decision, that they've gone through all those other five steps, that they've acknowledged their fear, they've talked about it, and they've really worked out that it isn't something they can work with in this moment, to celebrate it, um, to back away and to revisit it, and then to take really small steps to revisit what the triggers were and to debrief the situation rather than to avoid it. So what I mean by that is we might need to dismount, we might need to to get off the horse in that moment and just take a breath, celebrate and say, look, we made a good decision. But then to debrief and talk about what is the next step we can take in that moment to diffuse. Now, usually for me that will be something on the ground, some sort of groundwork. I wouldn't have the right to just get off, put the horse away and go back home. Um, because that's avoidance and that doesn't help the horse or the rider. So I would have them um, take some steps back. We'd, we'd talk about where the fear was coming from. Obviously, it couldn't be worked with in the moment, so something had to change and what we were going to change in that moment. And usually for me, that would be if I'm needing to get riders dismounted, there'll be something on the ground that we can do to help diffuse the situation. It it may be diffusing the rider's own fear by getting them off and doing some breathing and working with the horse on the ground, or it could be something for the horse 
um, removing it from a certain part of the arena or um, something that's causing the horse a problem that we need to revisit. But I think the big thing there is the decision is still good. If there's a decision to back away a little bit and not work with it full on, there's still small steps that we can go back to. Um, we're not avoiding. We're not um, running away from it. We're just debriefing. Yeah, I think there was two things that I really liked about that tip. One was that you said celebrate that you've made a decision, you know, so someone doesn't have to feel bad if they say, no, I can't work with it now. You know, at least they've made a decision and they're not indecisive. They've made a decision, they can't work with it, so let's celebrate that because now that you've made a decision, we can choose what to do. And I like the fact that you've said, we're not just going to put the horse away, we'll change it, we'll do some groundwork, we'll change something so that we're not going down the path we're originally going, we've made a decision, now we're going to go down this alternate path. So I like both of those. Yeah. Mm. All right. What's mm. the next step? Number seven. Yeah. So number seven um, really leads into if we, we're making a decision at number five and we decide we can work with it right now, yes. so that's the yes decision, we want to start to gather our tools. So gathering the tools means looking at what's appropriate in the moment to make a change in the fear. Now, you, usually fear will come up because the rider's either projecting and thinking something's going to happen, so we have to make a change in the rider. That might be breathing. It might be allowing them to come back a pace. It might be allowing them to change um, a position in the arena. It might be putting them back on the lunge. could be lots of, lots of things, all those tools that we've got. Or it could be for the horse. If the horse is becoming fearful, which is causing the rider to become fearful, we might need to change place, position, pace, any of those things for the horse. So we might need to do some soft yields or um, allow the horse to drop back a pace or take our legs off or whatever it is. But we need to gather those tools and not just keep pushing through without, without any thought. Um, we need to gather all our tools in our toolbox. Yep, yep. All right then, so once we've decided that, we've got our tools, what's the next thing? The next thing is to move closer and stay longer and then use the idea of approach and retreat. So what I mean by move closer and stay longer is find those little edges um, and this, this plays in a lot to the rider's fear uh, where they would normally find the edge and either try and push through and become more fearful and more anxious or um, retreat so far back from the edge that they avoid it. So we want them to move close to the edge, closer to where they're starting to feel this anxiousness, breathe through it, find some exercises that they can do, but let them sit in it a little bit longer. So my thing that I say to people is, can you do it for two more seconds? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we go again, can you do it for two more seconds? And then there'll be a place where they go, no, I'm, I'm starting to need to pull out, and then we allow retreat. Yep, yep, yep. So whatever that is that we're working through the fear on, we just sit in it, staying a little bit, moving closer to it, closer to that fear, staying a little bit longer, and then allowing retreat. 
Um, I find that works exactly the same with horses. Yeah, yeah. Um, allowing the horses to move closer, stay longer, and allowing retreat as well with horses. That whole advanced retreat was the basis for the Jeffrey method, wasn't it? Are you using it because of the Jeffrey method, or that was just another method that you decided to use? You know, the whole advance. Yeah, not particularly the Jeffrey method, mm-hmm. though I've seen a little bit of that. Um, it crops up in a lot of the natural horsemanship teaching. Yep. In um, Pat Pirelli, I've seen it. I've seen it in Monty Roberts. I've seen it in anybody that's working, Ray Hunt, anyone that's working on the ground, Buck Brenneman, all those people where um, they're doing a little bit of groundwork. They do a lot of approach and retreat yeah. first. I think that you'll um, find that those people based their methods on the Jeffrey Method. I know that Monty said something about um, the Jeffrey Method. We did an interview with him, and I think you'll find that, yeah, that whole Jeffrey Method, it was... Do you know the story about that? No, I don't know the full story. I do know it's um, approach and retreat and pressure release, light, yeah, light pressure yeah. released from the neck rope, isn't it? Mm, it's a bit advanced retreat, you know, like you go to sort of think of how close can you get to the horse, you get to the horse's, the edge of where the horse is comfortable or not, you wait there for a moment and then you step back and then you walk mm. up again. and this is just starting off of the walk. So it's just approach and it's a very similar method, I think, of what you're using here. You know, you're going up to where someone's comfortable but almost uncomfortable but before they turn away, you back off, you know, and then you go again. Yes, if you yes. keep going, you can... You're not going to the same spot. You're going all the time to where they're almost uncomfortable and then back off, but eventually you get closer and closer. And I think that's, um, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that method actually started from someone who didn't have a background with horses. You know, he just saw this young filly up in the yards that people had had trouble with and um, just naturally did that instead of and sort of changed the whole breaking in as such. You know, just gave the horse a little mm. bit of a say. Yeah. Anyway, that was sort of going a bit sideways there, but um, yeah, <laughs> sorry about yes, that. Yes, but I think yeah. it's just, it is that intuition. It's uh, intuitive about the energy and the, mm. the space. Mm. And, mm. Um, and that's the same with um, our own fear in our mind, you know, coming closer to it, sitting in it a little, and then retreating away so that we can slowly push, yes. push out and stay a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was number eight. What have we got for number nine? Number nine, um, this is one I use all the time, is what helps with fear, particularly when the fear has come from something in the past or something we're projecting to the future, is to stay in the moment. Okay. And absolutely in the moment. So I use um, talking. I talk a lot to people as they're going around, ask them about, their last great ride, get them to visualise, get them talking a lot Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. um, how it felt on their last great ride. Um, If it's appropriate and they like to do it, we sing. Uh, I'm a terrible singer, but I (laughs) sing a lot in the arena. And we also talk a lot about the breathing because the breath is us in this moment. So if we take um, attention to the breath and have the breath, long and slow and take a lot of attention to the breath that brings us back into the present so it really helps people who tend to worry about what if the horse is going to do something if we can keep them very present um, with talking singing breathing uh, we can really help them to wash through that those feelings of apprehension of what might happen yep yep 
you know, you talked about asking them about the last great ride. So that's really, again, bringing in the positive experiences. So they're thinking about positive experiences rather than the negative. So again, it's going back and changing that mindset of fear into remembering something positive. I think that's that's really good. Mm, and a, a thought is um, energy. So yep. the more we can bring um, the thoughts to positive, it isn't just about feeling happy and feeling good. It, it actually does something physiologically. So um, it, a thought is energy. So we keep bringing back into positive thought puts a certain energy into the body, which also translates to a horse. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that can help us as well. Okay, good. Last step. Yep. My last one is... Um, to be kind to yourself and allow yourself to take small steps and to celebrate along the way, uh, to always assess and, and see where you're at today and take the pressure down a little bit. So I like John Farnham's song, Take the Pressure Down, because I feel it rising like a storm. Mm-hmm. And for horses, that's how it is for them. If we're not working on taking the pressure down, taking the pressure off ourselves, um, and working on these little fears and little anxieties and tension that we hold, for the horse it builds up like a storm and we keep feeding back to them. And and it can feed both ways. The horse that builds up like a storm can feed back to us as well. So we've got to have this two-way loop of helping horses with their fears and helping us with our fears as well. So it's very much an awareness about what's happening in that loop, rider to horse, horse to rider, Um, taking lots and lots of small steps, but most importantly, being really kind to yourself and allowing yourself to to work through it rather than say, oh, I'm silly, I shouldn't be scared, I used to be better than this. Um, All of those words just don't help. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. All right. And I just want to go over those 10 tips to make sure that I've got them right. The first one is to start off positive and acknowledge strengths and accomplishments. Is that right? You know, thinking about positive mindset and you talked a little bit about visualisation as well. That's right. So, um, and, and acknowledging what you have done already because we've all done something. Yep, yep. So even if you're, you're unable to trail ride out your front gate, you can pick all your horse's feet up and groom him. Yes, okay. Um, because we can um, minimise those things and say, oh, that's nothing. Yep. But to someone who can't pick their horse's feet up and groom him, that's a lot. Yes, yes. So there's always, there's always something to, um, to acknowledge. Yep. All right, the next one was also acknowledging the fear and saying I acknowledge the fear and thinking about safety around horses and just recognising that when there is fear there, it should be acknowledged. Yeah, yeah. And um, where does that, where do you feel it? Yes, yes. I think that's good, yeah, because everyone's going to feel a bit different, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, the next one, which was number three, was determining the source of the fear and is it past or present or perhaps future? Yeah, just taking a moment there and, and, and chatting about it with your instructor yep. is good yep. because they can help you talk through that a little bit um, and say, well, 
particularly if it's past or future, yep. they can point out that in this moment um, it's, it's quite different. Okay. All right. The number four then is, is it appropriate right now or is it something, you know, we talked about it could be something that's in the past, might have been with a previous horse, previous situation, previous everything else, may not even be appropriate right now. But just talking about that and acknowledging it and working it out, that was number four. Yeah, that's number four, yeah. All right, number five is making a decision. So we can go with yes or we can go with no, but either way we've got to make a decision. We can't just sit here on number five. We've got to decide then yes or no. And I think making a decision, that's action as well. So fear can really rip us and turn us into... um, Inaction. It paralyzes us, doesn't it? Paralyzes That's the word I was looking for. Um, So making a decision is an action. Mm -hmm. So that's an important step. Okay. Okay. So if the answer is no, because sometimes it is, this is number six we're talking about now. If the answer is no, we still should celebrate that a decision's been made from number five. And then just because the answer's no doesn't mean we've got to stop. It just means that we change the exercise and maybe do some groundwork or... Yeah, whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Just to debrief it rather than um, rather than avoid yep, it. Yep. Then number seven, and that's if the answer is yes, we've got to gather our tools. So the gather our tools, and you talk about having the tools, but just changing things. You know, changing maybe it might be where we're working in the arena, it might be changing the rider's position or their pace or whatever they're doing, but making some changes within those tools. Yes. That was number seven. Yep. Yep. All right. And then with number eight, you talked about moving closer, staying longer and retreating. We talked about some of the great horsemen that use that method um, when they're training horses, but you've changed this around to working with fear around horses. So you're sort of using a similar technique, but using it for people to help them gain confidence. Yeah. So that was number eight. Anything else you want to say about that? Um, yes, I think it's exactly the same. Um, in my book, I call it the comfort model, mm-hmm. and it's just a model of uh, a comfort circle in the in the middle. The next ring out is where you're feeling uncomfortable, but it's, it's sort of like a learning zone where we all feel a little uncomfortable. And then there's the outer ring, which is where fear really grips us, or where um, or we become really confused. Yep. Or I call that the wild zone, where <laughs> our brains just leave us. And it's a wild zone for horses as well. In that zone, nobody can learn anything. So we do need to move closer into the uneasy zone a little bit and retreat back to comfort often. And that will make the comfort zone bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, that's used in all sorts of sports training. Sure. Um, It's used in all sorts of business training as well. So we just bring that into our horse world as well and... Um, build our comfort zones and our horses' comfort zones bigger. Yep. All right. And then number nine was staying present, talking, singing, breathing. And you talk particularly, you know, about keeping someone in the moment but asking them about the latest great ride and having some positive experiences there. Yes, yes. I think if I can just keep someone talking a little or even having a little hum or a sing or or putting awareness to their breath, we can keep them in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Um, really does help with fear and it just helps with the general ride as well because we're we're aware of what's happening underneath us. There's so many technical things that we think of as riders. 
if we get too much into our head thinking about all the things we should be doing, it takes us away from the awareness and, and that present moment that the horse needs. The horse needs us to be exactly okay. here in this moment. Okay. And then number 10, you talked about being kind to yourself, taking small steps and celebrating. And you also talked about the John Farnham song, you know, pressure pressure down. Uh, we wouldn't take yep. the pressure off ourselves. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, when I talk to a lot of people around horses, they really do get quiet down on themselves about feeling fearful. I think uh, it can it can make them feel like they're not good at it. I'm not a good rider or I'm not a good horse person or I used to be able to do this. And as soon as they get into that spiral, it's difficult for them to move forward. So mm. we really do need to be kind to ourselves and kind to everybody else around us that's experiencing it because our, our peer group can either build us up or bring us down very quickly. Yeah, and I think the big thing too, Fran, is that not everyone can get to the Olympics, you know, just to go out to have a horse, to enjoy their company, to do things with them. There's a lot of benefits in that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and the way we enjoy horses is different yes. between person to person. Yeah. There's no better way to enjoy a horse. Yeah. It's not better to be an Olympian than it is to go for a trial ride. No, it's just different. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's just different. Yeah. So the way that we enjoy our horses is um, is different and we need to celebrate that. Yeah. All right. Now, Fran, you use this formula in your fear-busting clinics. Is that right? So, so I you do. often I use do. this same formula and same thing, same steps for working with fear around horses. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Look, yeah. it's been great talking to you. I think if people do want to go back and find out a bit more about your fear-busting clinics, what's the best way to contact you? And before I ask you, the details will be on your page, which I did. Did we go Francis Griffin last time or Fran Griffin? I can't remember. I think we went Fran Griffin. Yeah, I, yeah. Most people call me Fran. So I think if, my mother calls me Francis. Oh, okay. We don't want to be your mother. <laughs> we'll keep that for her. But um, I think if you go yeah, to horsechats.com and this one, because you've been here before, might be on Fran Griffith too. But I think if you go to horsechats.com and search for Fran, you'll find both episodes anyway. But Fran, in case people are ready now, what's your phone number and contact details? The phone number is zero two four nine double eight six zero three one, and the email is hnhcenter at gmail dot com. Okay, and that just stands for Hunter Natural Horsemanship okay. Centre. And just two things there, just because you've given Australian details, there should be a plus six one in front of that two. Knock out the zero. So it'd be plus six one two four nine double eight six zero three one and the centre would be spelt uh, do you want to just spell that? Yeah. H N H Centre spelt C E N T R E. Right. At gmail.com. Yep. Yeah. All right, Fran, thanks very much for t- your time today and um, I'm sure people will get a lot out of that. And we'd love to have you back again sometime soon to talk about another subject in a bit more detail. Great. Thank you, Glennis. Thanks for having me. That's okay. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352.
Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.